I'm talking about a girl just singing the word of God. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Happy Thanksgiving week. Amen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess I should have said question mark at the end. So no, so it's good to see everybody. It's so wonderful to see you. We've had so much going on. Um, we want to thank everyone um, that came and uh, supported us for, for Gina's mom's uh, passing. Y'all are so kind and so generous, and, and we just love you and thank you for it. Thank you for all that you've, you've done for the Neals, you know, um, during the passing of, of Reggie's brother. And also, we want to keep remembering them. And also, last night, um, I talked uh, with uh, Daryl Wright, and um, his, his mother ha um, had a heart attack last Saturday. And they put a stent in, and everything was fine. And they went to do another procedure yesterday, and, she, and her heart failed, and she passed immediately. And so um, Daryl and uh, Hope and Pam are on their way up to Pennsylvania as of last night. They're going, they were on the road last night when I talked to them early. Um, and so uh, please be praying for them as well. So that's, that's three deaths in a week right there. And so um, keep praying for them and that God will bless them and, and take care of them. But, so we are, but we are also, also honored at, at your, your love and compassion and the care that you give um, in time of need. I want to talk to you. Last week I talked about live it out, live it out, uh, and it was, it was about Noah and about commitment, about how one person being committed could change the world. This week I'm going to talk about live it out, and I'm going to talk about Rebecca. You don't hear about Rebecca a whole lot. This is a little simple part I'm going to talk about. But live it out, Rebecca, and the thing is with her is generosity. We're talking about Thanksgiving week, so we're saying talking about generosity. Um, and I, I mentioned about the heroes of of, of of the Bible, and one of them was Noah, and one of them is, is Rebecca. There's, there's hundreds and hundreds of them in there to me. Um, but uh, Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders um, and the sin that so easily entangles us or besets us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked before us. And we're talking about giants in the faith, heroes in the faith that have finished their course and run their race. And, and if we had a chance to talk to them, I, I feel like each one of them would have something to say. And like I said, Noah would say, if you're committed in the midst of adversity, no matter what nobody says to you or, or tries to talk to you um, or tries to, to, to put you down, you do what God says and you can change the world. And obviously he had to do that. We talked about how Noah had the water coming up from the ground before the rain. There was never been rain before. And he stood in the midst you know, of everybody in their face and said, you know, it's going to rain. Y'all need to turn. And everybody came. And, I, and it does not say it in the Bible, but I'm 100% sure um, that, that people came and mocked him. They stood right there while he was building and laughed at him and mocked him. And it was so easy for him to give up, but he never did. He kept going saying, this is what God said. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be committed to what God told me to do. And nothing's going to stop the process of what God's told me. So we're going to talk about, about Rebecca today a little bit. See, God promised Abraham that he would be the father of, of many nations, and there would be millions of people in his lineage. Um, but the pro there was just one problem. Abraham um, and Sarah were pretty old in their age, and they were kind of way, 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 way past childbearing years. And so, you know, I don't, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a biology major, but I know that if there's no babies, there's no lineage, right? You know, and so it did not look like that would happen, but God performed a miracle and finally um, blessed them with a son named Isaac. 
Okay, and Isaac was was um, to be a to be a recipient of this as well. You know that you always hear about Ab the father of Abraham, Isaac, and, and and Jacob. But there was just one problem: Isaac came, but he didn't have a wife. So without a wife, then you can't carry on the lineage. And so today's giant is Rebecca, the lady that, that he had as his wife. And um, he would Rebecca would say to, today to us: invest your life with eternal perspective. See, the culture of Rebecca's day was very much different than today's. Today, you see somebody that you think is kind of cute, and you go talk to them a little bit, start a conversation. You know, and you ask them out for, for, for coffee or tea or for supper or, for, or go, to, go to Starbucks and meet up or whatever. And there's a dating process, right? You know, and then, or you go online and swipe left or right, whatever, and, and you meet somebody that way and you start a conversation. Um, and you go on for there, but it's, it's, it's a dating thing. But it wasn't like that in the days of, of, of Isaac and um, Rebekah. Um, matter of fact, Abraham sent his servant out to go find her. He said, servant, I want you to go out, and I want you to go find my son a wife. Now, you know, John's got a girlfriend, you know, uh, Grayson now. I'm, I'm totally happy with that, so I don't have to worry about that one. So, but, 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 but Sydney, you know, I, I don't even want to send a, a servant out. I want to go find her husband. I don't trust nobody else to go, I need you to go, no, I don't trust you. You ain't going to pick who I would pick, you know. And so right now she's, you know, planning on getting married about 28 or 30, and that's, I'm good with that. <laughs> you know, so, but, but, I, you know, but, but what did this servant do? Let's, let's go to Genesis chapter 24, 12 through 14, um, and see what this servant did. I was, very, I was very impressed by this servant, rather than just going out and saying, hey, I know what I'm going to do, I'm going to go out and find. No, he, he prayed. O oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring and the young woman of the town are coming to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink and... I will water your camels too. Let her be the one that you selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown um, uh, unfailing love to my master. And so I was like, wow. Now that's, that's a fleece right there. Not only let her say yes, but say yes. Let me, let me give you some order and let me, let me water your camels too. Well, if you go back two verses and look at, at verse 10, he has 10 camels. Okay, so this isn't just say, oh, here, here's a little cup of water for your camel. Okay, first off, you know camels drink a lot, right? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, Genesis chapter 24 and 15 says, before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman um, named Rebecca coming out of the water jug with, on her shoulder. So he obviously had his eyes open as he was praying. You know, the Bible says watch and pray, right? So, um, he, but he was probably just walking around looking, talking, and praying. You don't always have to have your eyes closed. You know, it's okay when you're talking and looking around as long as you're keeping focus on what you're doing. We, we close our eyes normally because it keeps us more focused. Um, but, but so as he was finishing praying, you know, she came up with that on his shoulder. And, he, and she looked, I mean, and she was the daughter of Bethel, who was the son of Abraham. Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Micah. Sound like a little family thing there. But it says, when the servant saw Rebekah, he asked for a drink, as he said he's going to do, and she responded exactly as he prayed that she would. Sure, I'll give you a drink and I'll water your camels too. You know, uh, uh, Pastor Chris Hodges uh, was talking about this one time and he, and he, 
wrote this little thing here. He did a little research, and he made a comment. He said, he said 10 camels at 20 gallons each, which is the minimum amount, the minimum amount that a, 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 a camel can drink, is 200 gallons. 200 gallons drawn in a 5-gallon drug is 40 trips. And if each trip only took three minutes, that's two hours. So her generosity was not, well, she knew this. She saw how many camels he had. And she knew for her to say that, that for her to give the minimum amount of camel water, well, it's human water too, but I meant <laughs> to water the camels, that, that, she, that she would have to make 40 trips. And she still said, you know what, I'm, she probably said, I really need to go to the house and get some stuff. i got all kind of errands to run today. I've got all kind of things on my plate, you know, and it's going to take me a long time. But she still said yes. And the right, the, 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 this attitude stands in stark contrast to us as humans that live today. So many times today we say, what's the least that I can do? Hey, um, hey ma'am, ma'am, I'll pay you $20 if you'll feed his camels, all right? We want somebody else to do it. We don't mind throwing out a little cash. That's, a little, that's easy for us. To, hey, we'll do the, you know, we don't want to go through the process of doing things. And so we're always doing the least. We're always trying to find the, 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 the least option, the, the convenient option. What don't take very much of my time. I don't take very much of my money. It's not, we don't want to get involved and be generous ourselves. We, we want to be generous, but not enough to actually do anything about it. We want to push it off on somebody else and let somebody else do it and let somebody else be involved and let somebody else do it. But Jesus taught us to go the second mile. He said, go an extra mile. You know, he says, if he asks you for a coat, give you a tunic too. You know, he's always said, go above and go beyond what is asked of you. Um, The servant saw her heart and she, he said, she's the one. She became the wife of, of, of Isaac, and through her lineage, through her lineage, we find Jesus. So Jesus was in the whole thing the whole time. And you see, she did not know by her being generous and being obedient to being a servant and being obedient to being generous, God had a plan. But if she would have said, I haven't got time, then she could have missed out on what God had for her. And God would have obviously chose someone else. But so many times we don't realize that just about everything we do, is, is, is God has some kind of hand in it. And he's leading and guidance and directing us to, to different things. And we need to be able to, to not push past. And when we feel that prompting, obviously she felt a need in her heart to do something. Now, we, you can't go around doing everything for everybody. But when God prompts you and you feel that in your heart, you need to do it. If she would not have obeyed that prompting, then it would have, it, she would have missed out on God's plan for her life. When you are generous and, and you, you use what's in your hands, in this case, her, 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 her jug, you know, God can do miraculous things. We can change the world when we do generous things with just what we have and within our ability. So many people were, 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 were generous at, at, you know, at Gene's funeral. They came over and they sent us texts and they sent us, you know, they called us and over and over and texted us over and over and, and loved on us and came to the house and, 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 just, and just constantly did everything they could to be generous. What can I do? I got so many phone calls. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? How can I help? You know, you know and, and, and you, you feel bad asking people for something. But every time I said, I do need something, this, can you do this? Nobody said, well, well, well I said, I, I did say that. But I, 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 I meant it when I said it. But now that you're asking me, 
You ever been that? You ever? <laughs> I'm sure you probably said the same thing to somebody. I hope they didn't answer yes, right? You know, I have. You know, I have it to y'all, but I have to other people. Okay, but 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 you know, but the thing is, is so when, when I ask, can I do something? I really mean it, you know. And so when she, you know, so many people said that, and when I, every time I said, you know what, I, you can't help me with this, or I do need this, everybody was so gracious, and they did what they could, and they were willing, they were generous. Um, and when we do that, awesome things can happen. But we want to do that just not to each other in here, but also to our community. But we have to cultivate a heart of generosity. You know, and, and, it's, and, and, it's, and it's funny, we, we've, but, you know, we've got so many people t- today that are, are, are out because of the fact of sickness and the, the three deaths and all these other kind of things. But it just fun, it's funny to me standing up here thinking that when, I, when I'm talking about generosity, it's funny how the enemy puts stuff on people's hearts and, and th- th- that aren't here today for whatever reason, but to not be able to hear the message that, that we all need to hear. Because generosity is, is not a give-to-get mentality. So many times we look at generosity as, well, if I'm generous, then God's going to give to me. Now, now he will. That's a biblical truth. Give, and it shall be given unto you. But, press down, shake it together, run it over. But it is not meant to say, well, God says if I give, he'll give back to me, so I'm going to give so I can get back. That's the wrong attitude. And you, and you will get back, but you'll get back just what he wants to give you. You know, you, I, don't, I don't believe that that is, that is just a, a scripture that just crosses the board that, that I, if, you, if you have the wrong motive, he's still going to just pour it out. I believe you'll get back because you gave, because you were obedient, but you won't get what he could have gave you if you were really obedient and gave it with the right heart and the right attitude. Generosity is not a give-to-get mentality. Um, that dishonors Jesus. That dishonors that scripture because that scripture is not about get to give. He's saying, because you give, you'll get. He wasn't saying, give to get. Does that make sense? But they give, and they give willingly. Okay? Tithing is not a get-to-give mentality. Now, Jesus Christ says himself in the Word of God. It says, hey, test me in this, God says. Test me in this. If you give your tithes, you can test me. I'm going to give back to you, you know? And he says that. But still, tithing is still not a get-to-give thing. Tithing is an act of obedience that you're saying, hey, I'm going to give my 10% to God. And it's not saying, well, hey, I, I'm, I got 10%, I got to give 10% on tithes, but hey, we have a building fund, so I'm going to give five to the building fund and five to tithes. That's not, that's not tithing. You gave 5% tithes. Tithing is a 10%. Anything above that is a gift. And we're so thankful for that, that, you, that y'all have, y'all been so diligent in, in paying your tithes. And we're being, even, even though we're having a building fund, we still are being able to pay our bills and stuff. And so I'm so grateful for that. Y'all are so giving here. Um, but, but we just wanted to remind this and remind everyone on, on Facebook Live about this. I'm not preaching. I'm actually preaching to the choir today because y'all are so giving. But it's something that we, even though we are giving, if we don't keep it on our forefront of our mind, we'll get a little greedy with it, won't we? Jesus wants you to give a willingly uh, willingly and cheerfully give, and he wants you to willingly and cheerfully serve. And uh, Pastor Kevin, if you could just check the, the air, I think some people are getting chilly. Some uh, some of um, the struggle that uh, some pe- some people like in a situation they they struggle just to show up once a month at church to to do their job. You know they they'll come every week, but when it's a it's a time to to do to to serve, not their job to to serve, we find it hard to serve. Because we want to be in a sanctuary, we want to be able to worship, we want to be there. But like I said before, how is so incredibly important for them, just more important for them babies back there to hear the word of God than you, actually. 
Because you and I already know the Word of God. We're just being encouraged. But those kids back there are learning the Word of God for the first time. And we need people that are, that are willingly serve and say, you know what? Yes, I want to be in a sanctuary. Yes, it's Christmas or yes, it's Easter Day. But you know what? These kids need church too, and this is their church, so I'm still in church. You know, we need people who can do that. We need people who will give and that will, that will, that will not just come and punch a card and say, well, I've done my, my, my spiritual duty by serving today. That, that, who are okay when we say, hey, we got to come. Hey, we gotta, we're going to have a big day. We need you to come an extra 15 minutes early. And, and, not, and not, we don't want to see this here. I'm just talking in general in churches in the past and other places I've been. You know, hey, I need you to come 15 minutes early. Oh, God. Okay. It means I got to get up early. Okay. Oh, hey, we're going to have a bigger crowd. We're going to have more people show up. Man, I'm going to be there with bells on ready to serve. I'm going to be there ready to smile. I'm going to be ready to hit the little kids. And, you know, oh, oh, Mr. Jones' kids are coming today. Oh, no, I ain't going back there. Uh-uh, not interested in those kids. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. You know, I need that little face of that woman that says I ain't going to do it, you know. Um, but that's how it is. But, but we, we, we cannot, I'll, I'll be honest, let's put it this way. And I'll say this as your pastor. And I, there's nobody in this room I'm saying this to. But I'm saying it so I can say I said it. You can tell people I said it. That, that if you're serving out of a sense of obligation or guilt, I'd rather you just sit in here and not serve. Because those kids deserve more than that. They deserve somebody that's coming back there because they love them, because they care, because they're wanting to serve them. Amen. I don't want it to happen because, well, it's, I have to. You know, or, or, or I feel guilty if I don't, you know. So, but I want, I, want, I want you to serve because you've experienced the love of Jesus and you recognize that this is the, the one chance that you get to share that love with others. I want you to serve because this is an opportunity for you to give what you love and you're able to touch these kids' lives and say, one day this, this, this child may cure cancer. One day this child may be uh, the next Billy Graham. One day this child may be, may be, be, be whoever. You know, the, the, ne the next woman that, 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 that becomes president, what have you. You know, and so, so the thing is, is we need to look at it like that. And you're saying, I have this opportunity to serve. I'm so thankful for those on the worship team that come and come during the week and, you know, for a couple hours and practice and practice at home and then come early on Sunday morning and practice. And those who come out on, you know, uh, on, um, on early on Sunday mornings to set up and to, to stay and, and, and break down and tear things down. And those on my creative leadership team that come extra, you know, every month for, for, for a meeting um, once a month, but then during a whole during the month, they're all the time doing stuff. They're all doing things behind the scenes. Most, most well, Cynthia does stuff in front of the scenes, but 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 she she's very valuable to us. And she, you know, some are behind and some are in front. But every one of them is so incredible and gives their heart and gives their all, and, and they do whatever it takes to get the job done. The small group leaders that come out or, or go to their house or open their house up or whatever, every single week, some of them, and sometimes every month, that are saying, hey, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help people grow deeper in the word, deeper in care. There's the, the media crew that comes out every week and makes sure that it sounds good and everything's right. You know, the, the, the greeters and the ushers that every single week that are here with a smile on their face. And, and the parking team, uh, well, I was going to say team. Bill Gallagher, <laughs> you know, he needs some help out there. Bill Gallagher by himself holding it down right now. And so we, we need some help there. But, but he, he is so dedicated. You know, he came out here um, for the Funnel Cake Festival, and, and he didn't feel good. And I said, are you okay? He said, I'm good, Pastor. I'm good. I, I, I want to do this. And he went out there and served. The next day he went to the doctor and found out that he had the flu. So he was out here, the, he was out here pretty much with the beginnings of the flu and still was out there serving. And then he got over it, wasn't feeling that great, but he was over the flu, 
and got here on Sunday and was back out there in the cold serving. I said, man, if you just got over the flu, you don't have to go. Hey, no, sir. No, sir. I'm, I'm going to go out there and I want to serve. I want to go out there. I'm like, that's what I want. I, you know, I know you might get sick again, but God's going to bless that. And me keeping you in is going to keep you from getting what you're about to get from God. So, you know what I'm saying? So, so I, would just, I, just, I just love his heart for that. You know, how can I help? What can I do? I'll do whatever you need. What, you, know, you know, someone asked one time, what are the characteristics you know, of a genuine revival in, in, a revi- in a community. One of my friends put this on Facebook, what have you. He said, what is a, the characteristics of a genuine revival within a church and its community? And he said, um, Anthony Braswell said, people love, serve, give, pray, worship, and invite others willingly. And they serve willingly. That's what revival in, in a community is all about. They come, they invite people willingly, they serve willingly, and they go out and share willingly. And that's a demonstration. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, you, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who um, gives cheerfully. Or God loves, King James says, God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. He's saying, you got to decide, you know, that right there. But, but, but the thing is, is give and give with a cheerful heart. If you could, Nick, please. What, what would Rebecca say if she was here today? You can't walk the second mile if you haven't walked the first one. We always want to try to just do, you know, we say, hey, well, I'll do all this great thing. Well, you can't do all these great things if you hadn't started with the basics. Luke 16.10 says, whoever can be trusted with, with this little, little, very little, can also be trusted with very much. And whoever is dishonest with little will be dishonest with much. God's not just going to put you on a big platform unless you've done things behind the scenes that nobody saw. So that's why very, you know, that's why very often I've, I've had, I heard a lot of, a lot of pastors um, will come and uh, have told me that they've had people and they said, when someone come into church, they'll say, hey, you know, I, I want to start serving in the church. He said, well, we need the bathrooms cleaned. And if they say no, then he says, we, that, that they don't have the right heart to serve. Because someone who really wants to serve is whatever you needed to be, there to be done. If you're willing to wash the bathrooms, then, then you know what? Then, then you'll be good at being a greeter. You'll be good at being this and that and the other. You know, and so, but, but we all have, I've, I've been in the bathrooms many times and cleaned them, you know. But the thing is, is, is we, we need help, but we need your generosity, but we need you to do it because of the fact, because you love God and that you are willing to serve and you're willing to do the things that God's called you to do with generosity. Even the small acts of, this, um, of generosity makes a difference, whatever it may be. You know, I had, I had Dawn's little daughter the other day. She came up and came over here to the side um, whenever I was getting ready, before, right before service when I was standing over here. And she came and just had a little, a little picture that she had on one of her coloring book pages that she had. And she said, here, Pastor, that is for you. And she just, it, just, it just meant so much to me. Lily has given me several things that she has done or whatever, you know, and, and, and it, just, it means the world, just the small little things. You know, and you think, well, it wasn't a million dollars. Well, no, but it, meant, it was worth a million to me. You know, when, whenever someone does something that small for you and that cares for you, when it's, even when you're a friend or family or whatever, it's the small things, even over the last several days, you know, some of the things that stand out to me the most is some of the small things people did that nobody saw, that nobody paid attention to. That's what means a lot. When you give, the impact of your generosity outlives you. John 4, 38, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Sometimes you, you give and you do things, and because of your giving, other people even get rewarded for it. 
You give and you serve and others get to reap the benefits of what you sowed. So it's just not, just not blessing you, it's blessing others as well. And see, these are heart issues I'm talking about today. So we need to take time to evaluate the condition of our heart and ask. Well, you say, well, I give a lot, Pastor Doug. Well, then, then what I'm asking you to do is say, you know, ask God, God, why do I give? What's the motive behind my giving? What's the motive behind my generosity? What's the motive behind why I do things? And I've started to do several things several times, and God, God stopped me and said, why are you about to do this? Who's this for? For you, for them, or for me? And I was like, okay, I just won't do that. Because actually it was for me. So we need to check our hearts when, we, when we're doing things. What is this for? Is this for you? Did you do it for you to look good or to feel good or out of guilt? Did you do it for them or did you do it for God? If you do it for God, then it will always be right. Whether it's, it's for you or for them, it doesn't matter because God's always going to direct you and lead your heart. But you've got to always ask that question. Is this for me? Is this for them? Or is this for God? Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? God, I just pray to not today and this morning, God, that, that you would help us and that you would... Uh, Help us search the condition of our heart of why we give, why we serve, why we do what we do. Are we doing it so we can look good or are we doing it so you can look good? Are we doing it, God, does everything that we do, does it have to be out in the open? Or God, could, could a lot of things that we do be done in private? Because Father, literally if it all has to be in open, it's really not about you, is it? Those things that are done in private, Father, Lord, is certainly about you most of the time. Lord, I just thank you. I just pray, ask you to, to touch even my heart and, 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 and help me search my own heart, Father, to make sure that I'm always serving you, doing things for you, and doing things for others, God, with you first in mind, that I'm doing it so you can get the glory and not me. And we honor you today and thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Be praying for those families still. Um, and y'all, y'all, if you get a chance, you know, call Reggie and check up on him and check up on Regina. She's not feeling good. I think she went home because she, she just really wasn't feeling good. But she came today and just, just to serve, to serve God. You know, and, and certainly Daryl Wright, please give him a call as well and let him know that you care about him and, excuse me, him, Pam, and uh, um, Hope. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We love you so much.